Today is Friday, December 22nd. You're listening to a mini bonus episode from It's Vegas Y'all, a Vegas podcast by Texans for everyone. All right, everybody, it's Vegas, y'all, a mini episode, and I'm here with Casey again. Dave and Sonia fled the country, I think, right? They're on a Disney cruise. They're on on a boat. They're on a boat going somewhere, doing something, and uh, Cog and Two Cent are on educator break, and so they are going to enjoy their educator break. I think they're heading west sometime soon, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Casey and I are here to hold down. I mean, we we live in the two most important cities in the state, so right. Yeah, we're we're holding down all of Texas right now, and uh, couldn't be more proud to do so. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Casey. So on this mini episode, I figured we would talk about my trip to Vegas this past four days. Um, I went from Saturday, December sixteenth, returned on. Wednesday the 20th, and uh, there were things, lessons learned, things we did, and so we'll just jump into it. Casey, you have any questions you want me to answer or uh, anything you're curious about as we jump in? Maybe I'll find a way to address them if I have the answers. Yeah, I'm curious to learn uh, your thoughts on the Fountain Blue. Uh, I think you snuck away kind of a last-minute trip, possibly, so those are always the most fun, I think. So I'm interested in thoughts on the Fountain Blue. Uh, hopefully you won. Um, and yeah, any great any great tips you can share, I'm, I'm all ears. All right. Well, you know, this was primarily a gambling trip. So I'll tell you our goals were I went with my best gambling friend, John. Um, and our goal was to both of us up our status with Caesars because we had gone to Lake Charles um, oh, what was that? November or sometime? Yeah, it was for our birthdays. Hello. Uh, Lake Charles was horseshoe. <laughs> I am tired working. I did a little side hustle today. I'm just back from a trip, so my time clock is off. I'm a little out of it, so I apologize. But we were going to try to get that next level for both of us. So for me, it was Diamond Plus, which has really one benefit, and that's four free drinks a day anytime you're in Vegas, even if you're not booked on an offer uh, or booked in a room. Um, And Tony drinks so much Starbucks, this will pay off because it's a lot. And then John uh, was trying to achieve seven-star status. This will be the second time he will have done it. All right. So that was the primary thing. It was primarily a gambling trip. And uh, we did lots of gambling, and I'll tell you about it. Um, I also wanted to check out the Cosmopolitan Hammam and Spa. And so that was done. And we wanted to check out Fountain Blue. And we also, well, I did, wanted to try working from anywhere, which is a work benefit. So we'll address all of those as we get into it. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Well, so for this trip, John booked everything because he had all of these offers. Whenever we go together, I rely on John to book everything because he gets, he likes to claim all of his free play and resort credits and any free gift. Um, So we were actually quadruple booked. Cosmopolitan, Planet Hollywood, Palazzo, and Excalibur. And 
at Cosmopolitan. He had $450 in resort credit, which included $250 from his platinum level benefit, and then $250 in free play. At Planet Hollywood, he had $225 in free play. Um, and then he also had, between two days, $300 in free play at Mirage, $250 in free play at Palazzo, plus $50 in resort credit. And then Excalibur, he had my offer, or you know what I usually get, uh, $50 in free play and $100 in resort credit. Um, and I had a whole $50 bucks and free play at Cosmo. <laughs> and so the good thing is, we ate for free essentially the whole time. I think we paid a total of maybe $30 in tips. Okay. Everything was comped. Uh, so that was nice. Um, and then John had a lot of free play. And I, I would say for me, free play doesn't matter as much. Does it matter for you, Casey, when you book an offer, how much free play you're getting? No. I mean, the most free play I get offers $25. So. If I don't get it, it doesn't make it. It doesn't sway my decision, but I, I could see how it would definitely sway your, you know, decision if you're comparing two resorts and one gives you two fifty and one gives you fifty. So yep, yep, yeah. For in this case, so like John had in the two hundreds a number of places. We also had a uh, he had two hundred dollars at the D, so we went downtown and a hundred and ten dollars in food credit, and that doesn't require you to book a room. So we just went down there and played it and had lunch. Um, but he booked Excalibur just because he hates MGM almost as much as I do, if not more. And he's like, well, I'm going to use this offer. I don't care if I play there or not. I think right. he gave him a little bit too much play, unfortunately. But oh, well. So when right. you get that much uh, free play, does it? do you change how you gamble on the free play? Or do you gamble the same amount on your free play? Because I know like at my level sometimes you'll kind of go bigger a little bit. On your free play, do, does that impact how you'll play when you get that much free play? For me, no. John plays the same way he always does, which is very erratic and aggressive. Y'all saw our short from our YouTube channel, not another slot channel. We got some content for it this time, but the first one I posted was him winning that major on a high limit Dragon Cash machine, Dragon Link machine. Uh, but he was betting, if you zoom in, 62.50 a spin at that point. Yeah, that's like more than my free play. That one spin was more than my free play. Yeah, I tend to just want to convert it. If I can turn the $50 in free play into $50 in cash, I'm good. So I, I'm probably more conservative when I play it. That's just me. What about you, Casey? Yeah, I typically take my free play to a dollar machine and I'll you know, do a $3 pool, hoping to get a, you know, you know, whether it be what blazing sevens is usually what I go to and try to hit, you know, pretty good hit line hit on those machines. Yeah, it rarely works, but I think I've hit, I've, I've hit like maybe a hundred, $300 on it once or twice. That's nice. I mean, take a risk. It's not your money yet. So, yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So we had all that free play, um, all that credit um, in the end. Uh, like I said, we didn't really pay for any meals other than tips. And um, the host at Cosmo comped off. We both got individual massages. It wasn't together. It wasn't salacious. Um, and they comped off both of those as well. So um, automatic gratuity of 20%. So on $180 massage, it is $36 in tips, autograt. Um, so that $72 was the only thing we really paid for that. So that was nice. We'll talk about that as well. Um, 
we did get a chance to go down to Fontainebleau, Fontainebleau, and um, I will say it's nice. It's a nice property. It's pretty. Um, it has a little more personality than Resorts World, um, but not much. For me, it's the same feeling of, I don't know, it just feels, it's not quite the mall feel of Resorts World. It's, it does feel, and people can disagree and probably will, but it does feel clinical to me. Yeah, I think that's the white. I see a lot of white, and I know uh, Tropicana has a lot of white, and I feel like you're in a hospital at Tropicana. Yeah. I was wondering if you get that same feeling at the Fountain Blue. Yeah, not quite to that level, but it does feel, I think the word I used was stale. Still, yeah. There's a little bit more personality built into it. All the restaurants on the main floor and the retailer pushed back into the walls, essentially, right? So as you walk around, there's nothing really sitting out. There's no seating from the restaurants and kind of pushing out into the space. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like Cosmopolitan, Resorts World, Fontainebleau, all follow that same kind of blank palette and then they throw a splash of color onto it you know for um cosmo probably is the most lively it has more things to look at and art but then like resorts world is white and red and fountain blue is white and blue with some gold um and to me that i think at first it looks very classy and then after a while it's very redundant you know i don't know it's pretty. I'm curious to see what all, what kind of audience it, it draws. One thing I was looking at, Casey, was all the ads from Cosmo, Resorts World, and Fountain Blue on Instagram. And it's like they think the only demographic out there are like young kids going to the club. Yeah. Yeah, I do notice that a lot of the ladies dressed in not to the tens, you know, and looking like they're going to the club. Which, I guess that's a, a target audience, but not our dem, not our audience, right? We we go there for gaming and uh, nothing else really, gaming and booze. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why they don't appeal to those audiences. It's like, why are you gonna like set yourself so narrow onto one demographic, right? I will tell you, they didn't do a lot to advertise or bring in players it looks like because what i've now gathered from the different podcasts and different social media outlets is fountain blue opened offering a status match the first night the vip night and it went on for a couple hours after they opened the second day and then it got cut off i don't know if that was intentional like they always plan to do that or they saw too many players trying to come in and get status match because by the time i went they were clearly not doing it um, and I don't know if they, they think they have enough players now and they've got a good book from the post they've taken from the other properties, or if they feel like they can't handle the capacity of all the people that are matching and may or may not play. I know yeah. might be part of their, uh, plan. Who knows? I guess we'll never know, but I could see if someone's eager enough to come to my property on the grand opening, or maybe the first 48 hours, maybe they're the type that I want to bring to my casino in the future, you know, if they're willing to come out here for that. Yep. Uh, yep. And too, about 
your comment about they don't be they're not targeting the gamblers. It might be because they know they have us because we're going to keep going out there almost irregardless of offers. It seems right. Or that's what it appears like. And uh, so they try to target to those people that they have to persuade to come to Vegas. If that makes any sense. Yeah. To choose their club and their fine dining restaurants. It's interesting though, because I see a lot of the same moves that resorts world made when they opened and I will say that Resorts World recently announced that they're starting a new campaign to target local gamblers. That's always a sign that you're not doing well bringing in the tourist gamblers. And so now you want to be the locals property, right? The locals property on the strip. Sahara tried that. I don't know how well it worked. So we'll see what happens. I think if anyone's doing it without having to announce it, it's like when people say, I'm a nice guy. And you know, they're not a nice guy, but it's more about validation mirage is bringing doing good promos for more of a local weekly crowd like you're going to visit more frequently than a tourist and i think they're doing the best job without having to announce it like resorts world did no if uh they we see that in the future of fountain bloom maybe uh they need to change your trajectory if that's what they're thinking of doing because I'm guaranteeing you majority of locals aren't going to the strip, especially these high-end properties. No, I so I'm curious about the, the amount of people, how crowded was it? Because I know this is two now resorts open in, in the last month, right? You had the Durango and then now this. And I've watched more content on Durango, actually, than I have on Fountain Blue. And I'm, I'm really surprised by the, the Durango has a lot of people mm-hmm. you know, there going. And... I've seen quite a bit in the off of the few I've seen at Fountain Blue, at least the gaming areas look look pretty bare, like you know, shockingly bare, especially yeah. on, on opening night. Yeah. We we definitely did not have a lot of company gambling when John and I we gambled maybe a couple of hours and once the very first game someone sat next to us in the same bank. Otherwise, we were by ourselves. Granted, it was a Tuesday evening, but not even the tables were active. Like, I think we saw one or two people playing. Definitely didn't hear the hooting and hollering you usually do from, like, a craps game. None of that was going on. Uh, felt like a couple of weeks after Resorts World opened, how their gaming area was. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know how Resorts World's doing either with gaming. Maybe they pull in enough players and I just never see them, but it did feel kind of dead. And then the uh, order of Durango, I really wanted to go there. We just never made it out there. But even their food looks more interesting and accessible. So I'll have to do that next time. All right. So in terms of the whole trip, like I said, we went to go do the tier effort. that a tier multiplier for Caesars in Vegas Monday and Tuesday of this week. Uh, five times tier, not as good as the 10 times we had in Lake Charles. I almost wish I had gone over budget in Lake Charles. I would have been in a better state to get that 10 times tier than I did here because I did go over my budget about $900, um, which I did not want to do. But when you're so close to achieving something, I was like, one more hundred will be fine. I didn't know it was going to be nine times that. Um, So that wasn't fun. Part of me thinks that because of the F1, a lot of the high-end luxury properties are going to declare that they did really well. MGM's CEO is already saying it's one of their best weekends ever or something. And 
blah, 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 who cares, birthday runers. But Caesars, you don't hear the same narrative from because I think the F1 crowd isn't drawing in someone that's going to want to stay at Harrah's or even somewhere like Planet Hollywood or Paris, right? They're just really middle-grade properties. And so my opinion is while they can't change all the machines overnight without the approval of the gaming control board, I think there was um, a noticeable... Um, lack of bookings at their properties as we covered on the podcast that the prices for rooms at Caesars properties especially were really dropping and they said we better start to pull back on gaming and get some more money so by the time I got there the machines were tight well that's an interesting take and one that I could see because you know in my little history or experience Caesars definitely does not put a priority on customer service and uh, you know, MGM will give you better customer service than Caesars. And if you're a high roller, you're expecting some good service. So I could see that MGM would have more of those type of players than Caesars. And I yep. bet the Palazzo and Wynn uh, probably had a great weekend as well. Yeah, exactly. Cosmo with a gaming and Cosmo was good. I should have probably played more there to at least build my bankroll up for Caesars. Cosmo, MGM, Wynn, Palazzo Venetian, the high-ender properties. Higher-end, high-ender, what did I just say? High-ender. <laughs> yeah, high-ender, it's new. Um, they, I think they probably did well enough that F1 was worth it for them. But every other property on this trip, I think it's going to be tight. If you go between now and the next couple of months, focus on those properties that did well during F1. Just to test my theory of F1. Anyway, that was good. I mean, we both made our status. I'm excited for John, especially because he made seven stars. So he gets all sorts of cool benefits. He gets a $1,200 travel reimbursement. He gets $500 that can be split up into $100 each of dining um, celebration credit. He gets to do a seven stars excursion or adventure. I forget what they call it. But like one of them is you get to go to New Orleans and be on a Mardi Gras float. Oh, wow. So there's some cool stuff there. Um, I, we both talked about this and we don't know if the end result was worth it, but the ROI for me is definitely much less than for John. John's getting all these things worth money. I'm getting essentially free drinks and coffee. So I told Tony, I'm like, we better go to Vegas and you better drink every single Starbucks coffee you can. Uh, no. he's never, he's never going to be allowed to be without a coffee. Nope. That's exactly right. I'm like, we're pulling over right here. Jump off and get a coffee. Uh, well. It was, I mean, in the end, you got to try for some of those things every once in a while. I don't encourage chasing tear, but we were so close. Um, it was just unusually, unusually tight. Like, could not hit bonuses. Uh, people that are members of my um, Vegas Introvert YouTube channel, I did a member challenge uh, where I was hoping to get at least 10 or 12 bonuses for it. There are 18 participants, and I got four within $500. And only one was decent. So that was indicative of how quickly my money was going. Um, yeah. But I'm not really complaining about it. I'm just saying that that's the state of affairs or it was for me. Eh, right. It happens. It happens. Yeah. yeah, those tough runs there, they are not fun to go through. But hopefully on the next next time you'll make up for it. With the opposite yep. luck, you'll get 12 bonuses on the first 100. 
I would like it. I'm going to try it again. I, I owe it to the other 14 people that didn't get to participate because I said, if I, for some reason, lose $500, that's when it's over. And I didn't expect it to happen that quickly, but it did. Um, a couple of other things for the trip. The teardown from F1 is going pretty rapidly. I didn't see any of the bleachers up anymore. There are some areas that are fenced off where they're still doing some curb work, essentially. Uh, the Las Vegas Boulevard streets were down to one lane in random places at any given time, but it definitely wasn't as bad as when we were there in November, October, November. Uh, you could, you know, you'd sit in traffic for an extra five to 10 minutes, but you weren't waiting at a light for 30 or 45 minutes. So it's already better. Um, they could just put it up as fast as they tear it down. That would be amazing. One, yeah. one question on that. Um, could you walk in front of the Bellagio? You could. I saw, right? Yeah, you could. They had a fence up, but I saw people. Yep, because they were doing the fountain shows. Um, and they had audiences in front of them. So that already returned quickly. And for those of y'all that cared about the trees a lot, they planted new trees there but now they're in large baskets so that they can extract them and move them somewhere and bring them back which is what they should have done in the first place portable trees portable trees we need more portable trees um and then the last thing i want to say is that i think rachel hunt asked on the facebook group uh what it's like traveling during the holiday season if people have gone for christmas uh, last year, I believe it snowed around this time and the airport even had to shut down because they got like something like three inches of snow. Uh, but my trip, I think I was overdressed most of the time. I kind of could have probably pulled off shorts and T-shirts. Um, it got a little chilly at night, uh, but I know for sure the last night we were there and then the next morning I was outside on the terrace at Cosmo in shorts and a t-shirt and it was just fine. So it was like mid sixties, very comfortable. Um, and it didn't rain the whole time. So I encourage it's mostly, it's very pleasant at that time of year. It might get a little chilly. Have you been during Christmas, Casey? Uh, I went, to, I went last December for the NFR and um, I remember it was nice enough to wear. I, I thought it'd be cold. So I wore like a sweatshirt and I always regretted it. I wish I hadn't had that heavy sweatshirt on. Uh, so, yeah, it's almost perfect weather, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's very dry in the, the winter, too. So the cold and dryness, I had to con constantly be, like, lathering up with lotion uh, because my skin wanted to crack. It managed to survive. My lips got a little trapped on the ends. But otherwise, if you go even more so than in any other time of year, make sure you have your chapstick and something to moisturize your skin. I also got a nosebleed because it was so dry. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's where that nasal, that nasal spray will help you for that. I bring that every trip because yeah, I used to get nosebleeds out, out there often. Yep. One, one other thing about uh, Vegas during Christmas, I hear a lot of uh, the shows go dark for about two weeks or three weeks around Christmas because, you know, they take their holiday as well. So sometimes when you're out there over Christmas, some of the uh, shows in town are, are dormant. Yeah. I mean, NFR is a good time to go to because generally the cowboy crowd's very friendly. Um, this poor girl, John was not having, he was not doing well gambling at the time. And uh, she was, I think after listening to him for a while, she said she was from Alabama. 
but she was trying to ask John what the name of the bar was next to where we were sitting, uh, which is, uh, what is it called? Vesper, uh, right by the lobby. And I heard him, heard her ask him and he just goes like, I don't know. And he like waved her off. He's, he's very dismissive to people sometimes. And I said, I'm sorry, what did you need to know? And she's like, well, I was trying to tell my friend what bar I'm sitting next to. And I just don't know the name of this. I'm like, it's called Vesper. Just tell her to ask someone to point her toward the hotel, point her toward the hotel lobby. And it's the bar that's right there in the lobby. She's like, thank you very much. And then she started wanting to ask us questions and stuff. And John's like, we're out of here. <laughs> so you want your friendly, then they want to latch on to you and ask you more questions. So right. That's that's just, what he was saying, he was like, oh, no, no. All these Southern people want to start conversations. And he's from Philadelphia and New Jersey. Uh, was where he was born. And they're not the same. My friend called them, calls us elevator talkers. Like, you have 10 seconds in an elevator and you're trying to make friends as Southerners. I'm like, well, I don't talk to everybody, but I do, like, try to help out a little bit. But not John. He was, like, not having it. But the NFR crowd is is very nice. And there was some young performer at Cosmo the night we arrived. I don't even remember what he was, but so there are lots of help cowboys and cowgirls there um for that country artist i think there could be some interesting concerts if you're into country music yeah definitely yeah. that that's what uh, uh that was the first time i'd ever been out there during nfr last year and there was a live band at every hotel i, I went through mm -hmm. during that stay and i really brought atmosphere to the town that i'd never seen before um that's what that's the first time i'd stayed at excalibur and i fell in love with excalibur because they're I don't know what that lounge area is, but it had 24/7 music every time. So I'd go down there and just enjoy the uh, live, the live music. And I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" And then they yeah. had one in New York, New York. They had one at MGM. I don't know if they had one in Mandalay Bay, but yeah, it just it brings atmosphere. That's why they ought to bring the lounge acts back. There ought to be a lounge act all the time in all casinos. They don't I have think to be so country too. music. Yeah, I think so too. That it's nice, you know, something that's not too loud, but just very pleasant to kind of chill too. I, I would agree with that. I will say, in terms of Excalibur, they opened their center bar, which had been under construction. Oh, how's that? It's a very open design. There's no overhead, right? There's no like overhang on it. Um, it's just a big oval circle sort of design with the bar in the center with lots of seating, kind of like Luxor's center bar. Um, okay. I liked it, and it was. Definitely busy when we went there, so yeah. check it out. That, that should definitely add to the atmosphere of that place. I know that New York, New York Center Bar really makes the whole casino, you know, more lively. So yeah, that's awesome. It, it's too noisy for me, Casey. Though yeah, I'm like, it, it is noisy. my backyard. <laughs> Turn down that music. Um, just a few other things. I was I forgot I was going to cover is that the um, Hamam and Spot Cosmo was very nice. It was one of my better Cosmo experiences I've had. Um, if you're a spa person, uh, they have a nice, uh, like, wet lounging area. They have um, separate gendered lounges, right? So um, in the men's lounge, you have um, two TVs. They had hot tea, um, snacks, and little bags. I took a couple in my robe to take home. Um, there were my plain snacks, like little trail mix. And um, they think they had some other type of snack, but the tea I made was very good. I even took it into my massage room because I didn't finish yet. Um, the service suites where they give you your massage are upstairs. And so if you're someone that is um, with a disability, 
there is an elevator option too but he said like we're going up there and my knee had given out and i was like oh and i had too much pride to tell him like is there an elevator option so i'm hobbling up this staircase to go up to where the massage room was and then when i got he's like is there anything you want me to work on i'm like yeah my knee shot and uh the stairs didn't help he's like oh you should have said something I'm like oh well too bad <laughs> you know but it was nice well, Go ahead. Like, well, now we know there's an elevator option. When now we know. Yep. Um, but it was good. Worth, I mean, I've paid over $400 for the same length of massage and the, like essentially the basic massage. It's called the essential, which is just going to be just firm pressure or whatever pressure level. And they kind of cover all the parts of your body. And um, at, well, was it when? When and Encore. I've had them both. It, it neared up to, it was like 300 and something dollars, closer to probably $400 after tip. And so this one was 180 80 plus $36 auto grad, so 216 I would say like not quite half price, but a, a significant difference. And it was good. I enjoyed it. I encourage you all to check it out. It's on the 14th floor of the Chelsea Tower in Cosmo, which was nice because after John and I stayed out late the night before, we had set alarms for when we had to go to the spa and we just had to like make it to the elevator and get downstairs. So no walking involved. Um, and then in terms of my personal life, I took one day off for sure, but I was there a day and a half more when I was work days and I had to work from Cosmo. I had a day with four work call, five work calls in a row. And then one where I was just doing some personal work. The internet was terrible at Cosmo. I don't know that I could work from there again if I relied on internet. Um, there were just a lot of things too with Cosmo that were wrong. Um, last time my sink wasn't working. This time John's sink um, with the plunger in the, the sink was stuck. And I told him to call on it, but we tried to call a number of times for a host, for maintenance, to get an extra blanket for me. because I like to sleep on the couch. It's weird, but I don't like the Cosmo beds. Um, and we could not find anybody. We could not find people to answer the phone. Even the little like Rose, the bot that yeah. you text wasn't responding. She's like, I can't find a human and I don't know that answer. So it was terrible. Really bad wow. customer service. Yep. You confused no. Rose. Yep. Yep. I think she's useless anyway. But other than that, it was a good trip. Like I said, came back with a loss, got the status match, but had a good time for a couple of days. And, um, I'd recommend going this time of year. Usually the crowds are a little slower. The weather's nice. Um, they have some good offers, interesting things to look at. Um, some casinos were much busier than others. Palazzo, Aria, slammed as if it was any other weekend night. So really? it was interesting. I liked it. All right. That's all I got, Casey. It is a mini episode, and it is at the holidays. So we wanted to take this opportunity to thank our listeners, Casey. Yes, we want to thank you again for listening. We want to thank you for being a member on our Facebook page. And uh, we kind of asked the question on there, uh, what, are, what are you wishing for or wanting for Christmas? You know, we're all adults now. And it's funny how the answers change. When you're a kid, you just want the latest and greatest, you know, remote control car or maybe a you know, Xbox game of some sort. But now these are the kind of answers we get. Ryan Olson wants a light bulb from the Vegas sign. Uh, Melba, Melba, she wants a 14-inch lid for her 14-inch frying pan. 
Uh, Casey, me, I just want bed sheets. Uh, and then Steve Smith and Darren Jones, they kind of sum it up the best. Basically, they just want everyone to have a happy and healthy Christmas. So with that, we thank y'all for being here with us, and we enjoy talking to you, and I hope y'all have a great Merry Christmas. I agree. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. If you resent the holidays and you just want to isolate yourself, do it with joy, hopefully. Or if you want to be absolutely sad and in the dark, just know we're here to support you because we know not everyone has the same experience across all of our life channels. But what brings us joy, at least, is talking about Vegas talking some nonsense from the Texas perspective and doing it with y'all. So with that, we'll see y'all in 2024. Bye-bye. Bye y'all. And I forgot to mention Richard Chu. I hope your dad comes home for Christmas. As That's well. right. I was going to say that too, Richard Chu, all the best blessings and support from us to you and your family. I hope your dad's doing better. It was it was actually the first bullet point I wrote down. <laughs> I do that all the time. You, I, have, I have a hard time reading. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'll just like jump over something. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I want bed sheets too, though. Like you said that, and it's kind of like when you're a kid and you got like socks and underwear, you resented it. But now I'm like, man, I hate buying shoes. Yep, shoes, no. I don't like buying shoes. I don't like buying practical stuff. Like, you know, you need new sheets, but like, God, to get the good ones, you have to pay for them. Yes. So like, if you want to gift people that. Hey, so speaking of sheets, and since we're on a Vegas podcast, (laughs) the wind sheets, you can buy them on, on their website. I have looked at them hundreds of times and I've almost hit the purchase button, but I never have made myself do it. You know what you should check though, Casey? What's that? Like Costco and Sam's. Um, I bought pillows from the Bellagio, like the Bellagio pillows at Costco. Really? Yep. It like even had the, I was like, why are these called Bellagio? And sure enough, the picture of the front of the Bellagio is on there and you read it. It's like, these are the pillows we use in our guest room. Okay. I'm curious if any of those carry the wind collection. Maybe not, but see. Well, it's worth, worth trying out. I can go to Costco a lot quicker than I can go to the wind. Yep, yep, yep.